You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning. Happy Easter, everyone. I'll tell you, I don't know how to follow all that music. That was incredible. I was backstage like, wow, that's unbelievable. This is the day that we celebrate, by the way. Uh, without this day, nothing, we wouldn't be here, by the, by the way, we wouldn't be here. None of us would be in a chair or even thinking about Sunday morning if it wasn't for Easter, for what Jesus Christ did. This is the Super Bowl for Christians right now. Just letting you know, this is our Super Bowl, and this is a good day, and we win. We win. So let's let you know, everything, everything changed because of this day. And I love it. We've been talking about uh, some of the things that, you know, what today would bring, you know, looking at everything we've been talking about with John. And we've been doing something called Bystander. I thought I'd let you know, it's, this is what we've been doing. It's kind of stepping back and looking at the scripture and looking at the stuff that, what Jesus actually did. But I just want to give you a heads up as we walk into this. Uh, if he had to come back from the grave, we wouldn't be talking about any of this at all. And so this is a very important day, and it helps answer a question that everybody's been asking online. Everybody, it's amazing how our world, in one year, what has changed and what people are paying attention to now. And so that was one of the things we looked at, is like people asking this question, who is Jesus? And so that's what the, today is going to answer, is who is Jesus? And I, I'll make a statement to you. And so let's see if I can help you. Uh, if I said to you, I don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead because the Bible tells me so, that would be a shock, would it not? It might be this. Let me say this. I believe he rose from the dead because it's much bigger than what the Bible tells me. It's much bigger scale than just what the Bible tells me. Because there's so much that goes with that. And we have all the writers, you have to look at, look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You look at Matthew, who wrote all this out. He, did, you know, he wrote it down, he paid attention to what was going on around him, talking to people, and detailed it out. You know, then you have Mark, who was friends with Peter. And Peter, you know, how, you know, oh, you know Peter, he was there. And so he talked with Peter, he wrote down the stories that Peter understood and saw the resurrection, resurrected Christ, he saw all of that. So he wrote that down. And you have Luke in there. You have all of that happening. Luke followed Paul around, the Apostle Paul. Now, if you remember the Apostle Paul, he was the one that was trying to kill all this. He's the one that tried to, like, we're not going to have this. We're going to take out the Christians. And then he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He saw what it was and who he was. He is the Son of God. And he wrote half the New Testament, and every cha everything changed. And he even said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he talked about how many people, he wrote down how many people saw Jesus, and there was over 500 people who witnessed the resurrected Christ. So just to say that the Bible tells me so, it's much, much bigger than that. As we get into this, you will see. And I think one of the obvious things is James, the brother of Jesus Christ, which is interesting, uh, James actually saw Jesus Christ after the resurrection. He said, my Lord, my Savior. So to call your brother Lord is like, that's a, that's a big deal. My brother has never said Lord Eddie to me. Do you understand? 
So there was a little bit of, like, this must be a real deal. I mean, you know, and then James goes back to Jerusalem. This was interesting. He becomes a pastor. And so they didn't like that. There's a whole lot of things happening that nobody liked. He became a pastor and he said, you got to deny Jesus Christ. Oh no, my brother is Lord and Savior. So they stoned him. And so there you go. So I understand that the disciples were a bunch of knuckleheads. Okay, just want to throw that out. Uh, I mean, you read the scripture and they didn't write themselves into the scripture as heroes. The honest truth about all of the disciples, they didn't believe that Jesus was going to rise from the dead either. That's what you have to understand about the stories. So this was an amazing thing because he did a lot. Remember, Jesus did a lot of things. And we talked about that with John. You know, going through, John said, these are not miracles he did. These are signs. That was a little different. A sign points to something. A miracle is a standalone. So now we're walking through this. They're listening to Jesus. This is amazing. They're listening to him. They're watching him. He's saying things. He's saying, I am the son of God. I am the resurrection and the life. He's making claims. But then you get to this part where they crucify the resurrection and life, and that's a problem. And that's what they had to deal with. So we all had to look at this. And so answering the question, who is Jesus? Do we know enough? Now think about you for a minute. Think about watching online. Do you know enough? Some of you already accepted Jesus Christ into your life and you're a believer. This is what I said, Super Bowl Sunday for you. So how did you get there? At what moment did you decide? Now John had a moment. We're gonna get there. One of the disciples had a moment. And we'll get to that one. But how did you get to the part where I believe enough? I believe enough that he is the son of God. He is the real deal. Was it the miracles? You see, that was something they had to had look at because this was happening around these disciples. They were a part of this. I was watching this happen. And so John creates these signs. He said that Jesus did, not all of them. I didn't put them all out here. And he said in the scripture, John said, I couldn't put all the miracles in. I couldn't put all the signs in. I just want you to know what you need to know that points you to the Savior. So turning water to wine, his first miracle, he did that for his mom, basically. Mom said, look, you know, this is, this is the son of God, watch this. And so he goes and does it. And so that was the first sign that, you know, would turning water into wine for you, would that be like, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus Christ, I'm gonna follow him, and I am willing to die for him. Would that be it? Would that, would that do it for you? See, these are the things that they are having to deal with. And that's what everybody's having to deal with. Maybe it was the healing of the blind man. The blind man who had no idea what happened to him went to his hometown and they said, aren't you the blind guy? Yeah, well, I'm the blind. I was the blind guy. Then they brought the mom and dad in. They said, well, that's my son. And then the blind guy says, I don't know what happened. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. So whatever you want to take from that. So these things, these signs started happening and more and more people began to follow Jesus Christ. This is how we get to this weekend. It's all getting stirred up. And then the biggest one of all was Lazarus. The biggest one of all was when Lazarus came out of that grave and they, he said, take off the grave clothes. And he came out of that grave. Then John says in his gospel, he said, many, many people began to believe in Jesus Christ. And that was a problem. That was a problem for this weekend because this is when it was all gonna happen. Everything that God had set up was going to happen. 
Do the disciples believe that Jesus Christ is going to come back from the dead? No. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. So don't believe, don't think that they were there and they know all that's happening. He told them over and over and all these signs and all these miracles and he kept going. The story of Jesus was worth telling apart from the resurrection. I have nothing to say to you, and this is what they were thinking, I have nothing to say to you if he doesn't come out of the grave. Why is that? Well, here's what he did. Is it possible? Now, there's a lot of people that can make claims he's the Messiah. There's a lot of people who can make claims and say, I am the son of God. But can you crucify the resurrection and the life? That's a problem. He did all these signs. He did all these miracles. They were watching all of this happen. But if I don't have a resurrection, we're not here. We're not in the building because I can't give you hope. I can't give you joy. I can't give you peace. I can't give you a future because that's what Jesus Christ offered. All this was being offered. And he made the claim. He made the claim. I am the Messiah. I am the son of God. Then the resurrection, I mean, the crucifixion is a problem for all the disciples because how can you possibly crucify resurrection and life? And that was the problem they were dealing with. And apart from that, I don't have nothing to give you. So nobody expecting nobody. Do you understand? This is what happened. I want you to repeat after me. You ready? Nobody expected nobody. Do you like that? If you do that again, you'll do it one more time. That's so good. Let's do it again. All right. Nobody expected nobody. And that's exactly, there was no watch party at this time. He'd been telling them over and over that I'm coming back in three days. I'll be back. But there was no watch party. There was no popcorn. They were not sitting around a campfire. They were not doing a countdown. Ten, nine, cue the sun, seven, just coming in, six, cue the, the roll the stone and here he is. And they were not there. You know why they were not there? Because they didn't believe it. What does dead people do? Stay dead. They don't come back. Do you understand what happened? So dead people stay dead. So this is not, you know, He's done all these things and these wonderful things and nobody showed up at the tomb. There was nobody sitting around waiting on the stone because nobody believed. That was the problem. Disciples are gonna give three three years of their life. Here's the other problem. Am I willing to die for what I already know? Am I willing to believe for what I already know? Everything he said, everything he did, a miracle. I mean, raising the dead's pretty good, but... When you're crucified, then what? What do we do now? This is what they were thinking. What do we do now? What is next? So this whole thing stirred up when Lazarus was raised from the dead. The whole thing was stirred up. People were already following Jesus Christ. So we have to set it. So, you know, the Jerusalem, everybody's coming in for the Passover. They've been this weekend for us. And he's coming in, and so the Jews are getting together, all the religious leaders. We don't want this. We don't, too many people. Following Jesus Christ, we got to get rid of him. So they get the Roman soldiers involved. This is how it all went down. They get the Roman soldiers involved. So we're going to get them involved. We're going to get Pilate involved. We're going to get the soldiers involved, religious leaders. And we need an insider. We got to get somebody that's on the inside that can help us out. So they got Judas. He's on the inside. He says, I know Jesus. I know what he does. I know his habits. He prays to his father every day by himself. 
I know all of this. I can get him separated from the crowd. I can get you to Jesus. So this was happening. These are the thoughts that were going on while all this was going on and happening. So Jesus now is sitting in the upper room. We did this on a good Friday. He's sitting in the upper room. Now, this is supposed to be a good day, by the way. There's all these disciples are in there, and everybody's all sitting around, you know, high-fiving. I'm with Jesus, you know, bang, bang, bang. I'm somebody. He's a celebrity. He's going to be the king. See, that's what they thought. He's going to be the king on earth, but he was not going to be king. He was going to be king in our hearts. And they misunderstood the whole thing. So Jesus sits around the table because this is it, you know. This is when it's about all to fall into place, everything that God has set up so that you and I could have a salvation that's about to happen. It's about to happen. But if you crucify the resurrection and life and he doesn't come back from the grave, we're all sunk. But they don't know this yet. So he decides to give them something new right before he leaves. So they're in the upper room. Everybody's having a good time. It's the Passover. And so he says, I'm gonna give you a new covenant. He said, the old covenant was like this. Let me help you. It's like a deal. The old deal was like this. The old deal, only the Jews get to go to heaven. That's the old deal. He said, the new deal, and he looked out the window and looked at us. The new deal is you. You, 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 and you, and you. That's the new deal, that all of you will now get to go to heaven. All of you will be welcome at the table. All of you will be in my house. But John said, if you believe. That was, that was key. That was key. He said, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will have all the things I just said. So we have to get to the believe part. And even the disciples are not really in this because how can you crucify the resurrection and life? Nobody expected nobody. That was a problem. They haven't got to that part yet. So here we are. He gives them a new covenant. And then he says, I'm going to give you a new command. He said, I was going to throw the golden rule out. Is everybody with me? I don't want you to, don't love people like you love yourself. And don't do unto others that they do unto you. No, no, no. We're done. We're done. You're going to love people like I love people. And that's your new command. Now, they didn't know what that meant. Because Jesus is going to show them a kind of love that they had never seen. It was going to be breathtaking. He was about to go to the cross and things were about to happen that had never happened and it was going to be breathtaking. And I'm going to show you what love really is. I'm going to demonstrate love. I've already told you this. But in their mind, how do you crucify the resurrection and the life? That's what they're thinking. How do we do this? Nobody expected nobody. So there was no, no party going on. So here we are. Got it all together. Now, you know, Judas is going to do his thing. Here we go. Here we go. Let's do it. Judas is going to do his thing. He's going to go get to the Roman soldiers. He's going to put everybody into motion. Everything is going to happen. All that's going to take place. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Let me tell you about John, the writing of John and the John's gospel. He's just going to give it straight to you. Not going to be a lot of details. If you want details, you go to Luke, look at the other Gospels, Matthew. He's just going to give it straight to you. This is what I saw. This is why I'm here. I'm telling you what happened. So he took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull. Uh, there they crucified him and with, two, with him, two others, one on each side, and Jesus was in the middle. 
That's all you're getting. Everybody knew what crucifixion was? They knew. They knew in the first century and second century, they knew exactly what that meant, what was happening. They put him between two people. And John, listen very carefully. John's the only one there. The other disciples are not there. Where are they? They are running for their life. You know why? Nobody expected nobody. They thought this was it. But John was there with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they're standing there looking at him on, the, on this cross. And, and, and listen, Jesus looks down and says, John, behold your mother. And Mary, behold your son. Jesus said, I want you to take care of my mom. And that was a detail that did not have to be in this. That was a detail. John did not have to put that in, but he put it in. Why did he put it in? So that you may believe. And we're not finished yet. Remember, John's not there yet either. He's writing after the fact, but telling us this is what happened. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So John's watching this happen. And now we have a problem still. We're still having this problem uh, that how do you crucify resurrection and life? So John's been watching all these things. He's been there the whole time. He's been you know, seeing it happen. And so now he's witnessing that it is finished. It is finished and it is over and Jesus died. So now what? Maybe what he's been telling us wasn't true. The disciples all scattered. John's going to scatter in just a minute. They're all disappearing into the city. There's a price on their head now. Everybody will be looking for them. Maybe what he was telling us and what he was saying wasn't true. It was very difficult. And then John kind of reaches out of this story and kind of looks out the window to you and this is kind of why he, what he is saying to us. And here's what he said. The man who saw it has given testimony. He was talking about himself. He said, I was there. I witnessed this. And his testimony is true. He said, I, basically, I, if he had a stack of Bibles, I'd swear to the Bibles. That's what he would say. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies so that you also may believe. He reaches out, grabs you by the shoulders, and he says, I want you to look at this. I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to believe. And then you would say this. This is, this is, this is where John was going. Then you would say, well, I do believe. He did the miracles. He, did, he raised the dead. All these things of what he said. I believe, I believe, I believe. And John is looking back at us and saying, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking I'm not talking about the miracles. I'm talking about what's coming next. It's what you have to believe. If you believe what's coming next, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. Then you're going to know about this Jesus. Then you're going to know about this salvation. So later, here's what happened. Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus because a crucified body, you couldn't take off the cross. You had to pay a Roman or somebody, bribe somebody to get them. So Joseph went and paid Pilate for the body of Jesus with Pilate's permission, he came and he took the body away. That's what he did. 
took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus. Watch how this unfolds, and you'll see. The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys and about 75 pounds. What was all that? That was to embalm the body. Why? Because dead people stay dead. Do you understand? So this is, there's nobody who's expecting nobody. Does everybody get this? So they're going to move him to the closest thing they can because it is the Passover and they got to get him in, they got to get him in the grave, got to put the stone, they got to do all these things before the sun goes down. And so they are embalming the body because the body is dead. That's what they're thinking. They're not, if they knew this was going to happen, they could have saved their money. But that's not what happened. So they're doing exactly what they normally do. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it, just like the Jewish customs. John wanted you to know that we did this thing right. We did exactly what we thought we would do to a dead person that was supposed to stay dead. Everybody got it? With the spices and the strips of the linen, this was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. Because it was the Jewish day of the preparation and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Done. Joseph come in, Nicodemus wrapped the body, they bobbed the body, got everything set up, had the servant roll the stone, sun went down, everybody left. Nobody's waiting on Jesus. Nobody expected nobody. So there we are. So what happened? Disciples scattered. John's gone. It's Friday night. What are we doing now? I don't know what we're doing now. What are we doing now? We've given three years of our life to this guy. And now, now he's, how can you crucify the son of God, right? I don't get this. He claimed to be the son of God, the resurrection and the life. And now he's in a tomb? Now what are we going to do? Boy, listen, can you imagine how Saturday was bad? Do you know how bad Silent Saturday was bad? Can you only imagine? There was no football games on that day, okay? It was bad. The one they had followed, the one they had loved, the one for three years they'd given their life for, here's the the part coming. Am I willing, from what I know right now, to give my life for him? That's the thoughts I'm having. So John... And Peter, they're in a house somewhere trying to stay out of the fray because everybody's got a price on their head. So Mary Magdalene, one that Jesus meant so much to her, she's the one that's looking for the disciples because she, she has a story. She has this story. This thing is happening and I can't find anybody. It's really amazing. So Mary Magdalene comes and starts banging on the door. That morning, get up. Bang, 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 bang. We know it wasn't Roman soldiers because Roman soldiers don't knock. Does everybody understand? So they figured that out. This, all, this has got to be some kind of friendly. So John and Peter go to the door. Watch this. Nobody expected nobody, right? Here we go. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. Somebody got the body. Why? Dead people stay dead, Right? And we don't know where they have put him. In her mind, it's the same thing. Somebody stole the body. Now, let me say something right here. If you want to end all of this, if you want to stop this madness they call resurrection, 
and this thing coming back to life, then get me a body. That was the problem because there was no body. Listen, the Jews couldn't produce one. This was going to get really wild in a minute. Jews couldn't produce one. The Roman soldiers couldn't find one because there wasn't one. So John and they said, whoa, this has got to be, this is something. So this is what he did. Watch this. So Peter and the other disciple, John is writing in third person for you. He is the other disciple, by the way. Uh, John, the other disciple, started the tomb. Both were running. I'm not sure exactly why John did this, but I have an idea. Both were running, but the other disciple outrun Peter and, re- and reached the tomb first. So John wanted you to know Peter has already been executed by Nero, so he's not around, so he can't really say anything about this. He, John wanted you to know that he's the fastest disciple among all of them. That's the only reason I can think he would put this in here. Just want you, and we're not done yet with the running part. So John gets, listen, John gets to the tomb. You're gonna love it. He gets there and he, don't go, he doesn't go in. He just stops. It's a tomb. I think John might be a little nervous, a little scared. You know who's not scared? Peter is not scared. He's scared of nothing. He's gonna, he speaks his mind. You remember this? Remember this? Then Simon Peter came, Peter came along behind him and went straight, went straight in the tomb. Busted right on in. You know, here we go. Walked right in. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Thieves don't fold clothes. Everybody hear what I just said? Thieves don't fold clothes. When they steal a body, they don't fix it up. Make it neat. All of a sudden, something happened. You know, I told you that moment was gonna happen, like it happened for you that time, when all of a sudden you realize Jesus is the son of God and he can be my savior. Remember that moment? This is about to happen for John. Can you imagine all the things they saw and still had to have a moment? It was amazing, wasn't it? So here, he's, here we are about to have the moment. Finally, the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, wanted to let you know I'm still the fastest. That's the only thing I can figure out. Also went inside, he saw and believed. He saw and believed. What? Did, what? You didn't believe before? No. What do you believe? Everything that Jesus Christ said is true. He is the Son of God. He really, I was eating lunch with the Son of God. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, he realized what is happening. And then Philip walked in that one conversation. He said, he said, well, why don't you show us, the, show us God? He said, he's sitting here. If you've seen the Father, I mean, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're, we're as one. The conversation started coming back. The teaching started coming back. He is here for what? To save the world. To take away the sins of the world. He really is here for that. All of a sudden, that moment went off. John began to believe. And Peter, and all of a sudden, there were sightings around Jerusalem that people are seeing Jesus. This is getting crazy. The disciples are trying to hide and the disciples are hearing all this stuff. And all of a sudden, they're trying to figure out how, what they're gonna do with this. Finally, let me show you. God stepped out of heaven. Let me tell you what, this helped the whole thing. God stepped out of heaven, walked in our shoes, 
took our sin and gave us life. That is Easter. He knows how you feel. He knows when you cry. He knows it all. He told us every bit of this. John started realizing it. Wow, he really is. He's the son of God. This is really happening. It's really happening. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, I want to say this real quick. Stop calling him Doubting Thomas because doubting Matthew, Luke, John, there was everybody, the whole world's doubting. Do you understand? Nobody was believing this, but they've been hearing this and, John, and Thomas had been hearing, oh, I heard that some, some people are seeing Jesus. So he comes and he says, uh, Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Do you have all those people you work with? Like, I don't believe it till I see it. You ever have one of those? They just want to, just like, well, I don't believe that. They just want to argue about everything with you until you, until you prove it, I can't believe it. Well, Thomas was one of them. So here's what happened. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and my hand into his side, I will not believe. Before we judge him, let's ask this question. What, would it, what does it take for you to believe? That's the question that John's been trying to communicate to all of us. What would it take for you to trust? What would it take for you to have faith? Because, because Thomas was not believing this. He wasn't the only one. And then Jesus is walking around and things begin to happen. A week later, disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, let me tell you what happened. He appeared in the room. If, you know, resurrection and life come back from dead, doors don't do very well for him. He doesn't need one. So he walks into the room and everybody just about left the room. And he says, peace be with you. It's me. Can you only imagine? It's me. It's me. I can only, oh, would you love to have been in that room? Oh, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. He says, stop, stop doubting and believe. So what do we got to do? That was the question. So you had this whole thing happening in front of everybody. And then Jesus steps, kind of steps out of the moment and into our window. And he says this to you. This is yours. Okay, this is yours. He says this. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet. Blessed are you who have not seen and believed. Jesus Christ is alive. If he wasn't alive, then why are you here? You see how that worked? We know he is. But I got people watching online and maybe in here, Here's, you have to, here's, here's what people think sometimes. I need to know everything I need to know about Jesus Christ before I'll trust or I'll have faith. But you don't live your life like that. You don't, you don't live your life like that because what just happened this morning that many of you got into a car that you don't know how it works. 
You know, if you turn the key on and it moves, everything's working. But you don't know how that works. But you trusted it enough to get in. You had enough faith to get in the car and to get here. And then you crossed the bridge. How did that happen? Here's what, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. I need you to trust Jesus Christ and have faith in what he did. If you ask Jesus Christ into your life and he doesn't change your life, then you can just walk away. Never have to worry about it again. Live the life the way you want to live it. But I have never met anybody who invited Jesus Christ into their life that didn't change them. And that's what happened to me. But here's what you have to know. It comes with faith and trust. I cannot tell you how salvation works. It's a supernatural thing that happens. I can't tell you how it works, but I do know one thing, it does. It just works. It changes everything in your life and who you are and where you're going and your future and all those things. So here's what we're gonna do. If you wanna accept Jesus Christ in your life, I would ask you to bow your head in here. And if you're watching online, I want you to listen to me. If you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, this is your moment. You don't have to know it all. Just trust. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer and changing my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.